The World Health Organization has warned against the reopening of schools while local transmission of the coronavirus are on the rise. And this comes at a time when South Africa has introduced a gradual reopening of schools. The United States of America, Zimbabwe, France, many other countries are also preparing for the reopening of schools. But let's listen to this report by Norma Polani. Schooling has resumed in various parts of the world as countries lift their movement restrictions put in place to cope with the spread of the coronavirus. But some schools were soon shut down after learners and teachers tested positive. In South Africa, the Education Department believes this is the right time to resume the academic year. However, some schools in the townships and rural areas lack even the basics such as running water and suitable ablution facilities. Health Emergencies Director from the WHO, Mike Ryan, has issued a stern warning to countries that are preparing for the reopening of schools. But the best and safest way to reopen schools is in the context of low community transmission that has been effectively suppressed by a broad-based comprehensive strategy. We can't move from let's deal with the schools and then we all deal with that for a week or two and then let's deal with the workplace or then let's deal with infection in hospitals or long-term care facilities. This is playing whack-a-mole. We have got to focus on a comprehensive long-term strategy that focuses on everything at one time. But we can't turn schools into yet another political football in this game. Uh, it's, it's not fair on our children. And there are many countries around the world in which schools are reopening successfully and safely because countries have dealt with the real problem, community transmission. The organization's chief, Tedros Ghebreyesus, says the challenge of the pandemic is far from over. There will be no return to the old normal for the foreseeable future. But there is a roadmap to a situation where we can control the disease and get on with our lives. But this is going to require three things. First, a focus on reducing mortality and suppressing transmission. Second, an empowered, engaged community that takes individual behavior measures in the interest of each other. And third, we need strong government leadership and coordination of comprehensive strategies that are communicated clearly and consistently. It can be done. It must be done. More than 13 million people have been infected with the virus, while more than a half a million have died globally. I'm Noma Bolani in Johannesburg. Meanwhile, more and more teacher unions are calling for schools to close. Uh, they want schooling suspended until after the COVID-19 peak has passed. Over 1,500 pupils and teachers have contracted COVID-19 since schooling resumed. And we join on the line now by President of the National Teachers Union, Alan Thompson. Thanks so much for your time and welcome to Updated Noon. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Sadina, for having me on behalf of the National Teachers Union. And uh, good day to the viewers. The listeners. Mr. Thompson, Anatu have cautioned against the opening of schools, among other issues. You doubted the state of readiness of our schools. Do you feel vindicated at this stage? Well, we, we are very much vindicated. Uh, we believe that uh, the World Health Organization has also done a tremendous job by cautioning all government or all countries about the importance of observing a subsiding level of infection as opposed to what we are seeing in the Republic of South Africa, 
when there is a, a strong rise uh, in the level of infection, we are seeing the phasing in of other grades by the Department of Basic Education, of which it's something we've been opposing, not only opposing, cautioning the department that we have so many schools in township, we have so many schools in rural areas, we have so many schools that are not ready, which are lacking the basic hygiene material. As a result, COVID-19 is about best hygiene. Now, you can't just go and open those schools when you have not provided them with a decent toilet, when you have not provided them with decent running water, and we have fumigated all the schools accordingly. But this has happened. So I'm curious to understand the type of conversations that are taking place between yourself as teacher unions, other stakeholders, and the Department of Education in this regard. Well, it's very unfortunate because as much as the department was constantly communicate, but they have decided to, to take a conscious decision of not listening to what we are saying. They will just convene a meeting, they will run the presentations, we will make our own submissions, but the following day, they will go and meet another stakeholder with the very same presentation that was presented to us as if there's nothing that we have ever said. And they will continue propagating the legislation without considering every view that we have put. We have long said we have received information from the scientists that if we are approaching winter, we are definitely going to have a serious rise in the number of infections. Now we are having a serious problem of schools hiding the cases, provincial department of education hiding the cases, uh, there is a case uh, we are following now where a principal of a school was admitted, is in the ICU as we speak, is using the ventilator, but the school is still operational. That principal of a school has been in that particular school since the reopening of schools, have been giving instructions to teachers, have been interacting with all those teachers, but the members of staff were never told that the principal has tested positive, is even in an ICU for that matter. So that's a kind of an attitude of trying to push the, the, the teachers to push the curriculum at the expense of the lives of the learners and the expense of the other teachers in the education sector, which is a serious concern in as far as you are concerned as the National Teachers Union. It is a very serious concern and it is a very serious allegation when you say that schools are hiding uh, these cases of COVID-19 and the department also is hiding some of these cases. So what is the motivation for schools to actually hide this information? Well, the principals of schools that we have confronted, because again, on Monday, we sent the members of the National Executive Committee in a, a specific school where four teachers tested positive, and the principal of a school refused to close the school. When they inter- interviewed him, he said, no, he have received the instruction from the district office not to close the school until the Department of Health come to the school and give them the direction on what is supposed to happen. We then decided to withdraw our own members from that school and we said those that were having the medical aid, they must go to the, they must phone the, 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 the doctors and make an appointment so that they can go to the hospital and do the testing. That is what they have already done and all those members tested positive, which means they've been going to school, continuing to infect other learners, continuing to infect other teachers, simply because the principal of a school refused 
to close the school. The worry that they are having is that at the end of the year, all the schools will be subjected to the same question paper, whether learners were taught or they were never taught, whether the school was closed because of COVID-19 or the school was never closed. Remember, we still have the Model C schools, we still have the private schools that in case there is any case in a, a specific school, they shut that school down, but they will continue learning through the online learning. That is why one of the issues that we have been raising to the department is that we need to target all the schools, in particular those that are in rural areas and townships, let them have the necessary gadgets. We are talking about uh, the tablets or cell phones or whatsoever that can allow on learning, I mean online learning to continue. Alternatively, they have to use the hotels that government have paid for, which are not being utilized because the majority of the people prefer to quarantine themselves in their homes. We are saying, why don't we have a control space where we can take all our grade 12 learners to those particular hotels, we put them in as isolation camps, we teach them until such time they are ready, and thereafter they can go and write examination. But there's no need for us to rush for grade R until grade 11, because we can still redesign the curriculum. We are the one that designed the, the metric examination and the format of metric. Metric is not a holy cow that we cannot play around it. We have to redesign accommodating that this country was attacked by COVID-19. It cannot be business as usual. Mr. Thompson, uh, figures we're looking at, over 1,500 pupils and teachers uh, may have contracted COVID-19 since the reopening of schools. You are refuting government's numbers on this. Why? Well, the reason is the very first one that we cited, that some of the teachers, they were never given an opportunity uh, to be isolated. They were in constant contact with the people who tested positive. And themselves, they've never been tested because the Department of Health only came and they, they, they asked from the teacher that was infected that how many other contacts and the teacher will be shy to mention names of other people. Hence, we have already issued a statement even to our own members to say it is unwise not to give the names of people who have been in constant communication with you when you have tested positive. It doesn't mean that you are exposing that person, but you are assisting the environment. So that is why then after the school reported one or two cases, we forced our members to consider at taking uh, the test, and they came back positive. So which means the figures that the department was having of one or two people who tested positive uh, were supposed to be changed. And we are doubting that information has been cascaded to the department. I want to take one example. There is one weekend where the province, the, 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 the premier of Kwazulu-Natal was addressing the nation he was addressing the nation on Saturday, I mean on Saturday, and the Department of Basic Education addressed the nation on Sunday, which means all the schools were closed. But the figures they were sharing in terms of the number of students and teachers that have already tested positive were not the same. There was a difference of 87 people who were not accounted for. The Premier pronounced uh, an extra 87. The Minister pronounced 
less than 87, which is one of the things that we could put. We wanted to come with that information to the department to say, this is what we have shared and this is what we are having when we visit schools because we, we compel the district to give us the statistics of maybe 100 or 200 schools in that vicinity and we conduct our members in all those schools affected to get the picture of how many of the teachers tested positive and how many of the learners also tested positive. When we compare the two figures, we could see that the figures of the department are far low compared to what we have received on the ground, and we have evidence for that matter to say these teachers tested positive, but the total number does not tally with the one that has been reported by the district to mm. the province, by the province to the national department. Final question, Mr. Thompson. The Council of uh, Education ministers said uh, that they would be taking legal action against anyone who tried to disrupt schooling. What's your response to that? Well, I think the, the MECs, together with the Minister of Basic Education, they need to respect the fact that education is a sector that is very close to the heart of the people. And education is the only future this country has. It's only education that will produce the doctors, the president of this country, the ministers and other relevant people to assist the economy of this country. So which means causing such statements as if we are threatening people from making pronouncements. We believe that it is not being responsible to do that. As an organization, we have already pronounced that we want grade R to grade 11 to be shut down with immediate effect, but we do not know whether we are also regarded as an organization that needs to be taken to court or that needs to get some restraints from the court of law. We believe that the department has to create platform and hear the views of the people, like we were waiting to have a meeting with the minister today, of which it was cancelled. We are still waiting to engage the minister. So All the right. best thing that the minister and the other HO, I mean, the MEC must do is to invite us in meetings. Let's sit down and discuss these issues because we all look for one thing, which is the safety of our learners and also finishing off the curriculum, preparing learners to finish the year in an exceptional and a good, acceptable manner. We don't have to fight over this. COVID-19 must unite us. It shouldn't divide us like it is the case right now. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Alan Thompson, President of the National uh, Teachers Union, NATU. Meanwhile, the Council of Education Ministers has hit back, saying only Cabinet can decide whether schools will stay closed or not. The Council said that groups and individuals who are not empowered by law uh, do, not, do not have the authority to close schools. So uh, for further reaction on this particular matter, we are now joined by Elijah Msanga, spokesperson for the Department. Department of Basic Education. Welcome, Mr. Mslanga. Thanks for your time. Yeah, good afternoon and thanks so much for having us. Mr. Mslanga, firstly, uh, your response to what Mr. Thompson had to say there, especially uh, speaking to the fact that the meeting that was supposed to take place with the minister this morning was cancelled. Today, the minister is in parliament the whole day, but the minister has chosen a sector-wide approach where she will be meeting teacher unions, FGB associations, as well as civil society and other individuals and organizations that operate within the basic education sector, as opposed to meeting a single union, because this matter affects all of us. 
and the interaction needs to be wider and broader than uh, just uh, meeting individual uh, stakeholders because that will take long. Rather, get input from all of them so that you can make uh, the decision process quicker. I think the teacher unions have been clear on their position on the reopening, school readiness, etc. But uh, with the World Health Organization now coming out and warning against the reopening of schools while local transmission levels of the coronavirus are on the rise, what is the education department's response to this latest caution by the World Health Organization? Because we as a country are now in that situation where our infection rate is spiking. Well, the, the WHO made their pronouncement, I think, yesterday or the day before, and then the unions make, make a call, and then the next thing that you do is to arrange a meeting so that we can talk, discuss, and find a way forward. That's why the minister says that she will meet all stakeholders and get their input, which will then take forward to cabinet for consideration, and then the decision will be made thereafter, because we need to consult within the basic education sector and then take forward our proposals to cabinet and the MCC, who are the decision-making platforms on the direction that the country is taking at the moment. And with regard with uh, regard to the current rate of infection among learners and teachers, Mr. Mtlanga, what are the numbers there? Because the unions are disputing the figures that the department is providing. Well, it depends. You know, the issue of data, especially on this matter, uh, it's a tricky one because uh, you, the numbers that were there yesterday and the day before are not the numbers that are there this morning and in the evening because you get reports uh, as they go. And when we go to meetings, we share what we got. Uh, it might differ with what you got depending on the time when you got your information. But uh, it has not um, changed that much from the last report that we indicated where it's about 1,000 schools and about 2,000 learners and uh, as well as uh, educators and the non-teaching staff. So the numbers are still at about two, at about two or four percent somewhere there out of the total that we have in the country. But either way, it's still concerning because those are people's lives that we need to take into account in our planning. That's why we feel we need to talk to all those people that are playing in the basic education sector. Uh, the teachers, LGB associations and everyone else so that we get everyone's input from their own point of view so that it can inform the proposals that will then be taken to cabinet. Mr. Mthanga, there's also an allegation that the department may have issued instructions to uh, schools uh, through the principals, the management uh, structures at the schools to withhold certain information. Uh, is there any uh, truth to these allegations? Has the department issued any such instruction to school management teams? No, quite the contrary. In fact, about two or three weeks ago, I personally issued a statement for the, for on behalf of the department to urge schools to be transparent in the management of COVID-19 cases because we are seeing that they cause anxiety and panic and uncertainty when you go to a school as a teacher and you hear rumors that there's a teacher who might be exposed or who might have the virus and no names are given or no information is coming through for you to be able to take appropriate measures to protect yourself. So we spoke against that first. So we agree with the teacher union that there shouldn't be any secrecy around this. There should be a free flow of information so that people are able to 
protect themselves against the virus and make sure that they adhere to all the health and safety regulations. So that's something that we are urging our school principals through the platforms that we have with them to be as open as possible uh, with their colleagues as well as learners and their parents. So how are you going to deal with situations whereby those instructions are not being followed, where, in fact, information is being withheld and protocol is not being followed in schools where people are testing positive? Well, it's the issue of the stigma. If we can deal with the issue of the stigma, we will then be able to make progress. Because right now people are feeling that if their school is... uh, mentioned as one of those that have uh, the, the case, then people will not go there or there will be absenteeism and then the teachers won't come to work and then they choose to be secret, to be secretive about, about the whole issue, which is not going to help. So we are saying, let's talk about it because the more the people know about what is happening in the school, the better it will be for everyone in terms of how to, to move forward. So we are going to work with our principals associations and our teacher union to make sure that we constantly remind our school principals to go back to the COVID-19 file, which each and every school has, to refer to it, to say when a case happens or when a suspected case has been picked up, what do you do, what steps do you follow? So it is basically that literature that we all need to be conversant with so that we're able to follow it when a situation arises. Given... What has been happening and the disruption that has been caused every time people have tested positive in schools, Mr. Mklanga, and um, uh, people from certain districts have actually sent me letters of the number of schools issuing communication to uh, parents about schools closing because pupils or teachers have tested positive. Since the reopening of uh, schools for certain grades, how effective has learning and teaching been given the number of disruptions that you've had to deal with? Well, in the hotspot areas, they are quite uh, concerning disruptions. But in quieter areas, you go to Bushpark Ridge, you go to Palabura in Limpopo, and you go to Vembe in Limpopo. You will find that it's quiet there. There hasn't been any disruptions since schools reopened. So there are those parts of the country where they are reading and listening to the radio about these cases, but they've never experienced it themselves. So this thing to them is distant, but uh, their reality is not the reality of those schools that are in areas where there are high community infections. So that's what we are dealing with here, that uh, we have areas where there are serious cases causing massive disruptions, and there are also areas where they haven't had a single case and learning and teaching has been happening effectively. So that's what we need to try and do to try and reduce the infections. And the only way to do that is really to make sure that each and every person, right from the morning until sunset, you do what you're supposed to do to protect yourself, one, against the virus, but two, to protect other people against it as well by wearing your mask, sanitizing, keeping physical distancing, and making sure that you sanitize and wash your hands. What's the way forward? When will there be communication from the department with regard to uh, the latest um, decision to be taken, given the new information at your disposal, Mr. Mthanga? Well, the the consultations will commence uh, tomorrow. Uh, Today, ministers in parliament uh, sessions and um, 
tomorrow we commence and then Thursday, Friday we'll conclude all the stakeholder meetings and then thereafter I think that the minister will then consider a meeting with her colleagues in the sector and then she will then uh, formalize the proposals to cabinet and then thereafter I think cabinet will either speak first or the minister will speak first. It will depend on what the discussions uh, uh, say uh, at that level, but we will wait from from them. I think between now and then, it's proposals only and inputs only that will be received in terms of uh, what needs to happen insofar as the peak uh, period is concerned uh, around uh, COVID-19 and its impact on schooling. Let's leave it there. Thanks so much, Mr. Lajam Tlanga, spokesperson for the Department of Basic Education and also a member of the Council of Education Ministries there. So you heard from uh, the one of the teacher unions, their concerns. You heard what the World Health Organization had to say. You heard from the Department of Education. They are taking all of this on board, ministers in parliament, and it would seem as though there will be some decisions to be made. And uh, we will know perhaps later on in the week exactly what the way forward is with regard to schools reopening or closing at this stage.